Well, good morning. Uh, I'm Pastor Michael Brown from the Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries, here with another segment of Stories of Hope from the heart of our community. My guest this morning is Mr. Lazaric Fisher. Lazaric, good morning. Good it's morning. good to have you here, man. Thank you. Uh, now, Lazaric, uh, Lazaric, you've been around the mission for how long? Since 1987. Since 87. What brought you to the mission around 87? Well, I came to Kalamazoo with my father, mm -hmm. and uh, I guess his wife didn't really like me too much, so in two weeks I was out of there. Oh, wow. Now, was he already in Kalamazoo, and yes. you just came to be with him? Yes. Uh-huh. So what, what did you do? You left where you were and came down to the mission, or how did that go? Well, my mother, I live in Missouri, down okay. in New Madrid, Missouri. My mother, she thought that it was time for me to move on and be a man, so she said, go to my daddy's house. Uh-huh. And so... I thought that was okay. Got to the city from country life to a city life. Mm -hmm. Really didn't know a whole lot about nothing that was going on. And when they put me out, I was in the streets. I didn't know anything about a mission or none of that because I never seen mm -hmm. any of that. Okay. I didn't know you'd have been around that long, actually. I just remember it's not been that long ago that you were in one of our programs. You remember that? That is correct. And what year were you in the program? About five, six years ago. Six years ago. Yeah. And, and what... What happened to bring you back to the Michigan mission during that uh, period? Well, uh, let me let's go back a little bit. Okay. First, first of all, I was uh, in the struggle using drugs all the way up from that '87 all the way up until oh, wow. that okay. seven years from now mm -hmm. or six years from now, and I was in the lobby sleeping in the floor, and uh, they had a new life program upstairs, right. and I wanted to get something different. So I checked in there okay. and, and that's what I received. I received a new life. Um, the reason I'm back now is because in between that new life, I learned how to drive semi truck. I remember that. And mm -hmm. um, the, the, when I graduated, I was on the uh, bus to Chicago, flew to Florida and had a truck ever since uh -huh. by myself. Well, I've had four accidents and I'm still alive. All of them was major. The truck flipped over on all of them. Wow. And right now I can't pass the DOT physical because of a high blood pressure. Okay. And so. Mm -hmm. Well, we got to get you on a diet, get you to learn how to, uh, how to eat healthy. I, I understand keto is the going thing right now. Uh, well, I don't know nothing about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's about. I know a friend of mine told me you can eat all the bacon you want on a keto diet. I don't know about that. Uh, no, that's not that ain't gonna work. No, that's high, that's high sodium. <laughs> so, so you're back here now. What's your what's your outlook? What's your plan? Well, since I've been here, I moved in with my sister. Okay. And my me and my sister, we had an altercation. Um, they they always the rumors always say that family get you first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and sometimes that is true, but the the deal is is that when you Take a look at yourself and what role you played in it. Okay. It might not be just your family. That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I had to wake up and understand that part. My objection is that since I've been here, I've worked at the noodle company and trying to raise kids down there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that didn't turn out too good. Mm -hmm. And so now I work at uh, Sweetwater's Donut with my son, and that's I'm, I'm doing all right. Is it helping your blood pressure? I'm not eating the donuts. Boy, that's what no you try to know, sir. I'm not eating donuts <laughs> down there. No, sir. <laughs> So when you came back here, you've been gone for a while. You've been driving truck and everything and doing well. What, when you came back here, how were you received? Well, Mike Cook, he thinks I'm his son, so. 
Uh-huh. And uh, everybody else received me just as normal. Mm-hmm. It's the, I worked in the men's department with all of the homeless men where we had to pass out medicine, regulate if you could bring knives in here right. uh-huh. or alcohol in here or cussing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh-huh. and so they still think that I'm uh, uh, working for the mission. They'll think you're on staff, huh? <laughs> yeah. That, uh-huh. or, or either I'm snitching for Mike Cook uh-huh. or, or something of that nature, uh-huh. which they really need to understand that I'm human just like they are. Right, right. And uh, I make mistakes just like they are. Mm-hmm. And I'm no better than they are. Now, Zach, so you've, you've been around the mission. This is what, this your third trip? Third trip into the mission? No, no. No. I, uh, I've been, I've probably been to the mission probably, how old? Nah, about 25 years. About 25 years? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so what would you say to somebody who is listening to um, to this broadcast right now and they're thinking about supporting the mission uh, and they're getting it from one of the people that have been around, have needed the mission, you know, a few times as they, you know, move on through life? What would you say to that person? They're thinking about supporting the mission. and they, Well, I, 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 I would say hurry up and write the check because mm-hmm. that's what I did. I, I made $2,200 a week. And I, I pay my tithes. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. And um, and, and the thing is, the thing about it is, is that you know everybody think, well, Mike Mike Brown got a brand new truck. Why? You're not giving the money to Mike Brown. You're giving the money to God, mm-hmm. and God is sharing it with those who need it. Yes. Because I ate a pretty good meal down there today, yeah. and it was free. Uh huh. Yeah. And it take people, supporters, to and donators mm-hmm. don't. To get this done. Yeah. And it getting done every day. And that's one of the things that I know about you is that when you were working, you were putting back. You know, you was you were supporting the mission just like, you know, anybody else. You could have just up and left, gotten your truck, pulled on off yeah. and and went your way, but you didn't do that, you know. And so you've been back and forth. I know you used to come back just to wave at us. Let us know you was doing good. You parked know. on the side of the street. Park on the side of the street, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um you know, so you're at the donut donut shop right now. Um, what else? What are your skills? What do you know how to do, man? Maybe somebody's watching this and looking for a good somebody to hire. You know? Well, uh, I, I will. I do. You will? Yes. Okay. I know arc welding, Meg Ted, mm-hmm. Fluxicore. Uh, I have CDL's A-class license. Okay. Um you know, factory work. Okay. But uh-huh. my main thing is I, I love food service, though. Uh-huh, you do. Uh-huh. Not because of the stomach. Uh-huh. I, I just love it. Okay. Yeah. Are you good at it, though? Oh, I'm wonderful. Well, I know a lot of people that love cooking can't uh, cook. Oh, you know, I'm not uh-huh. those one of those people. I've cooked in there, uh, man, many years in that kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You yes, worked sir. down here. Yes, Who sir. ran the kitchen when you were there? Uh, Phyllis. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, Phyllis Lubert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've had a couple people uh, run through there. Tell me a little bit, when you were in the program, because our program's a little bit different now, but when you were in the program, how did, what was the program set up? How did it work? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, and what about the structure was it that helped you? It, it, was, it was set up that um, strictly business. It wasn't no fun. It was... If you want to change your life, you lean towards what you want. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you was leaning backwards, then why are you here? 
That's 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 what I see. I was there with twenty three people. I was the only one that graduated mm-hmm. out of the twenty three. Wow. Because I wanted something different. I wanted to change. And what they what, what happens is is that you only get what you want. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're going in the store and you want a candy bar and you only got money for bubble gum, you yeah. got to get bubble gum. Yeah, right, right. That ain't what you came for. Uh-huh. You came for recovery, so why don't you just sit down and learn something? But people got to hold you accountable, though. That doesn't feel good, does it? No, it don't. Because I had to walk from out the door back up to this corner and turn around and go back. And I did that for probably nine months straight. Uh-huh. And I told Mike Cook every day, you know, if you got to hog tie me, it's okay. You can hog tie me. Uh-huh. But, I, but I wanted it. You know, I've seen a number of guys that come through the mission and they complain. They, they complain. I was talking to someone about one guy. Um, I'm not going to call his name, but um, I remember we took him up to see the campus and he got in this real big fight up there. And I had him to bring him back down here and I made him sleep on a mat until I got back. And when I got back, he met me in the parking lot and thanked me for, for restricting him like that. And now that he graduated the program, he moved down south, I hear from him just about once a month. Just He'll call him. He said, this is your wayward son. And then he'll tell me how good he's doing and he's working, you know, and he's doing well. But you have to put boundaries on people because if they don't, then they will, um, they'll go on and keep doing the same old dumb stuff that got them in the situation they're in. Mm-hmm. You know, and you find that those people who really want help, they might leave and walk down to the corner and then turn around and come back, you know, but they always come back, you know. Yeah. I often say, you know, I hear a lot of people complain about the food, but ain't nobody losing weight, you know, like right. that, that line is just as long every time you open the door. It's a long line of people out there. What did they have for lunch? Uh, goulash. Glur. Salad, mm-hmm. cookies, bananas, uh-huh. uh, and nice cold water. Uh, Tuesdays, uh, Tuesdays for lunch is always pizza, yeah. and uh, but then after you know that evening meal, man. I mean, we've had Salisbury steak, we've had ribeyes, we've had T-bone because we get really good support from some of the meat uh, processing plants here yeah. in Kalamazoo and. Um, and so we're able to provide a really good meal for people that are here, you know. I, now, I'm going to pass this to you. This is a first. I haven't run this by anybody, so Uh-oh. don't y'all hold me to this. But uh, I was thinking about us starting a, um, a physical fitness group while we're here. And I just want to see how, how that fly, you know. <laughs> I mean, I need it too. You know what I'm so saying? So you do? Oh yeah, I need oh. it. Uh huh. But if we get us some, if we were to uh, get us some uh, life cycles or something, get us some bicycles or something, get us some weight machines and everything. What do you think? Good luck. Which <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I'll be doing it by myself. Huh? Pretty much, cause I mean, it's barely it's it's real hard to get people to come to meetings. Uh huh. They come to prayer in the morning. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Do you find that the guys that come to prayer, that guys come to prayer more, uh, how do I say this? Because we don't force people. Uh, But if, do you think if we had a requirement for people to come to prayer, it would be different? That's how it was with me. Uh Uh-huh. You had a requirement. You showed right, I did. Uh Uh-huh. I had one in the morning and one at night. I had all my classes. I had my my details, my chores. And I had to go to work 
in the men's department. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And now, and now it's like everybody laid back. Well, one of the things is it keeps you to, to assign people chores and things like that. It does a number of things. Yes. Number one, it lets you know that you're part of a community and you need to be a, a productive part to help the community work. You, I mean, in order to help the operation of the organization, you're giving your part. The other thing it does is it keeps you used to working. You know, some yeah. people, man, you let them lay around long enough, they get used to laying around, you know. I've seen people, they, they don't want to get a job, but they'll stand on the corner with a sign for 12 hours a day. You know, and it's like, I don't get that. And they ain't got to do them a push a button at the, at the <laughs> at five or something. All right, now, yeah, yeah. All they got to do is push, push a button yeah. somewhere and make, what What are they paying now, $15 yeah. hour or something like that? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, you know, it's, you know, I think that, that uh, it helps people to become a part of something. And the other thing is, I, I believe that when God created us, he created us with a desire to be productive. And that, I remember when, uh, you know, if you read Genesis, it talks about how he put Adam in the garden and he told him, be fruitful, multiply. In other words, here's what I'm, I'm giving you this garden, produce something. You know, and so Adam was uh, designed to uh, to guide, to guard, and to govern. You know, Adam was designed for that. And I think when we don't respond to that, when we don't do that, there's a, a weight that's on us for not doing something that's inherent to who we are. You know, and uh, and so I think the more people are productive, the more that they are, are uh, directed to guide, guard, and govern, and shown that they have the ability to do that, well, then I think you feel a whole lot better when you're producing something. And you're right. And I don't want to correct you, but I would say some of the older people, because uh-huh. the new generation, they don't understand choices, changes, and commitments. Uh-huh. Okay. They ain't finna do nothing for you. Mm-hmm. And I try to be nice to them because I don't want to get old for one of them to push me down the stairs. Uh-huh. Because they are rough. Uh-huh. These, what, you think? Do we have a lot of those around the mission? <laughs> yes. Huh? Yes, sir, you do. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and you say they, it seems like they just don't want to don't wanna do anything. You know, one of the things that, uh, no, nah, I ain't going to get into that. I ain't yeah. going to say that. Because we got, some, we got some really committed young people. We do. We've got some young people who are committed to the point that they come down, have never stayed here, but they come down and they volunteer. They come down, they take care of the kids. We uh, had our volunteer uh, celebration banquet on uh, breakfast on last Saturday. And uh, we, one of the young ladies, she's a young college student. She's been coming down here for a few years. And then she put together a group of people to come down and uh, they work in the children's ministry over there. And uh, so now she's got a couple of different things that they're doing here. She's young. You know, she's young. So I think the young people do what we teach them to do. You know, what we uh, encourage them to do. And they, they do what they're taught. And if you don't teach them nothing, that's exactly what you're going to get. You're you know? right about so that. So <laughs> I, think, I think rather than, we can't always blame the young people for what they're, what they're not doing. I think oftentimes what they're not doing is that's on us, you know, that's on on the older generation because we didn't teach them. That you know, we often talk about, you know, back in the day and how things were and that kind of thing, 
but it didn't just go from the way it was where people were committed and hardworking to the way it is now. There was a transition period, you know, and I think some of us, my generation, uh, we need to take responsibility for that, you know. So I think there was a point where we got lazy, you know, and so what we do here at the Gospel Mission, we t try to take it all the way back and talk to people about the way you designed, you know, what it got, what did God design you to be? What did he design you to do? You know, one of the things we uh, are doing here now, and you might want to look into this, is we start giving the Clifton Strengths test. So it helps people find out what they're good at. You know, uh, oftentimes we, we um, even in our education system and different systems, we, we take a one-size-fits-all approach, mm -hmm. you know, and everybody's not good at everything. And so while a person might fail at that one-size-fits-all approach, if you put them in, a, uh, in their field or you put them in a different environment, man, they'll knock the roof off, you know. And so um, what we started doing is allowing the people who are staying here to find out what they're good at. That way we don't have to talk to them about you know, if they're on drugs and alcohol, yeah, that's that's something that needs to be addressed. But let's find out what they're good good at and celebrate that first. Mm -hmm. See, and so now everything I talk to you about is not negative. I, I take a positive approach and help you to grow and and do something like that. Do you think that'd be something you'd be willing to? Well, that's that. wonderful. Because yes. I mean, that that might even just give you some different information going forward, you know. Yeah, and, and yeah. also a good relationship with my kids because that, that's yeah. something I don't have. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, have you gotten a case manager yet? No, I haven't. Okay, we can get you one. Get oh. your case manager. Yeah, I'm sure you will. And they'll help you. I mean, only if you want it, you know. Yeah, if you it. want it, we get you that and get you some direction going because. You know, I mean, come on now, you, you're not the spring chicken here, you know what I'm saying? And, yes, and and people that, the older we get, I think we start realizing that we don't have as much time ahead of us as we got behind us at a point. You know, so we want to make the most out of the time that we have, especially when you talk about impacting your children, you know, in, impacting generations. Yeah. Um, what do you think um, would have been different for you and for your relationship with your kids now, what do you think would have been different if there was no gospel mission here? <laughs> I don't think it would have been there. What do you mean? I don't think I would have had a relationship with my kids. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah, really, because mm -hmm. drugs was my God, and that's how I looked at it. Mm -hmm. I didn't care about nothing but dope. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, yeah, the mission saved my life. Anybody ever talk to you about legacy? No. No, we want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk to you off camera. We'll talk a little bit later. I want to talk to you about legacy because I think that's one of the things that a lot of people that come through the mission struggling with different things um, is they don't think about legacy. In other words, uh, what are people? What is? How do I say this? How is my life going to impact? future generations, my children, um, you know, and others. How, how is my life, you know, is going to impact? Uh, I think oftentimes we get caught up in what can I get, you know, and, and what's happening with me, you know, and we don't think uh, that what we do resonates, you know what I mean? It impacts other people, 
you know, and so I know years ago when I was living like that and when I was just out just being crazy, man, and then I finally realized that there was uh, – that, that, that the things that I did impacted people. I would have people come to me and they would talk about the things they saw me doing. They couldn't believe I was doing that, you know, because they knew my family, you know. And then when I it, when I came to myself, kind of like the guy that, you know, that uh, the prodigal son that had left, you know, the Bible says you have to come to yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, when I came to myself and I started realizing, what am I doing? You know, this ain't me, you know, and there's people watching and there's people being affected by what I do, you know. And so then I it, it just caused me to have that come to Jesus moment, you know, and tell God that I wanted my life different. And uh, when I made that commitment, he partnered with me, you know, to guide me forward to change my life. But legacy, man, is um, is just so important. I've done a number of funerals, you know. And it's one thing for, for a pastor to do a funeral when he stands up there and has to hunt for something to say, you know. But I tell people, you write your own eulogy every day. You know, the way you live is your eulogy and is, is what it frames what people are going to say about you, you know. And I don't want people having to hunt for something to say when, when my time comes, you know. Uh, and so legacy, I'm telling you, is so important. I'm Pastor Michael Brown here with, at, from the Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries, and I'm here with my friend, uh, Lazaric Fisher, and we've been talking about his experience here at the mission. And his experience is just so typical, you know. Uh, you know, there's so many people that go through things, and nobody, I don't think, ever grows up thinking, you know what, I'm going to live at a gospel mission. You know, they don't. They just end up here. You know, and then we try to help them find direction. And we could use your help uh, in doing that. There's so many people in our community who need help. They need direction. And you could be a part of our partnership ministry to help support Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries. Lazaric, I'd like to pray for you, man, before we go. Is that all right? Yes, sir. Please. Won't you join us as we pray? Well, Father, I just thank and praise you for my brother, uh, Lazaric. I thank you, God, for everything that you're doing in his life. And God, right now, I just lift him up to you and ask that you would bless him, God, beyond anything that he could think or imagine. I pray, God, that you would give him creative ideas and show him opportunities to be the man of God that you've created him to be. I pray for his relationship with his children, God, that you will repair those areas that have been broken and cause him to grow to be that man that his children have great love and respect for. And I pray for those people that are listening to this broadcast this morning. Father, there are so many people who hear these messages, God, and they need you just as much as anybody uh, does, anybody who's around the mission or anywhere without a relationship with you. And so, God, I pray that as my voice goes out, God, that you would prick the hearts of those Uh, who you are trying to call back to a relationship with you. And I pray, God, that they would come to that place where they reach up to you and just give their lives and their hearts to you. God, we thank you for this time. We pray that you continue to bless this ministry and all who are party here to it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This has been Michael Brown with another segment of Stories of Hope from the heart of our community. God bless you. We'll see you here same time next week.